0: Years ago, my kids were a lot younger. They were elementary school age. uh, We were hanging out in our backyard. It was a hot summer day. Uh, Trina was on a trip with some friends. My wife, uh, she was getting away, which uh, in the Fowler household can be kind of dangerous. That means potentially a trip to the hospital with one of our kids uh, because we play pretty hard and, uh, and no hospital trips that weekend. Uh, we, were, we were hanging out in the pool and uh, enjoying the sunshine and enjoying the cool water. And uh, my, one, of my, one of my kids, my son, my oldest son, Chase, uh, kind of had this look in his eye. He was looking at the swing set that was about 10 feet away from the pool. And, uh, and then I could tell what was going through his brain uh, before he even asked. Uh, he, he, he asked, hey, dad, uh, what do you think about me swinging on the swing set and, and swinging and jumping in the pool? And I thought about it for a second, and I thought, you know, mom's gone. Uh, <laughs> Sure, why not let's try it and uh, and so chase ran over to the swing set, and he was all excited, and we were kind of backing away from the edge of the pool and and he began leaning and uh, you know leaning forward leaning leaning backwards and gaining momentum on the swing set and and the 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 harder he was kind of pumping the legs and getting going uh, more momentum was being gained the the swing set began creaking and groaning and moaning and uh and let me just hit the pause button here because This is where physics is really important. Kids, pay attention in school. Uh, This is where physics comes into play. Uh, Because if you've ever done this, and we've all done it in our backyards or maybe the school uh, playground where you're going to see how far you can jump, um, there is a precise moment in which you need to let go, especially in a backyard, when you're going to go 10 feet from swing set into pool. Uh, It's it's a narrow window, but you, you can hit it. Um, If you you let go too early, you're going to plow a trench with your chin. If you let go too late, you're going to get a great view of the neighborhood, but you're going to come down pretty hard, right? You all know what I'm talking about. Well, back to the story. In the backyard. Chase is pumping away, and he's getting higher and higher. And that swing set now is starting to rock a little bit. And I, I know the moment is almost, almost about to happen because on that last backswing, like any good backyard swinger would do, you move your hands from here holding the chain to here holding the chain because you want nothing holding you back. And Chase on the backswing now he's coming forward. He lets go, and he doesn't let go too early. So good for the lawn, good for his chin. But he misses that precise moment by you know, two to 15 seconds, somewhere in there, because he let go way too late. And he's very high in, 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 the, in, the, in the air there. And I'm in, I'm in the pool and you know, slow motion, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I can see the look on his face and his face like, oh, no, his face is white with terror because he's, you know he's not looking out. He's looking down because he knows he's coming down. And uh, he's coming down hard. And you remember the the movie Jurassic Park? You know the cup of water on the on the dashboard and when the dinosaur is stepping so hard that the water sort of ripples. The pool kind of did that when Chase hit the ground pretty hard. I'm pretty sure he came down really really hard. I jumped out of the pool, ran to him to check on him, and he was just he was trying to breathe but couldn't because the wind was knocked out of him. So he was panicking a little bit. Uh, he was he was you know he was. I think eight years old at the time. And, and I remember walk, running over to him, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, don't tell mom. <laughs> <All right? laughs> because yeah, this happens in our house. And you know we checked limbs, we checked legs, we checked ribs. He was fine, he, no, no harm done. In fact, he got back on the swing, wanted to try it again. Uh, never made it to the pool, but he did try it again. And that, that little backyard story is really a pretty good snapshot of, of, of humanity. It's a good snapshot of humanity because, you know, you're here today on Easter weekend. It's Easter weekend, and you're here because you have some somewhere in your heart and in your mind is a concept of God. You've got some idea uh, of that there is a God, and maybe you've been walking with that God for a very long time, or maybe someone invited you today, and you're, you're, you've got questions. Or maybe you just kind of came on your own because it was Easter, and you came because There's something deep in you that understands that there's got to be a God. And you also understand that if humanity is over here, if if you are over here and, and there is a God, he's somewhere over here. And there's this gap between you and God. And we all recognize this. We all sense this. And there's something innate within us that wants to bridge the gap. We, we, we want, there's something in us that longs for a relationship. We, we know that this life will end at some point in time, and there's questions about the next life. Well, in the Christian scriptures, it talks about it being eternal life with God. And so what, what, what often happens is we try and bridge that gap. We try to swing hard, and we lean in, and we lean forward, and, and, and we... We, uh, we try and do good things, and we we try to volunteer and give time to charitable uh, you know organizations and uh, and we do religious stuff and we, we we go to church and and oftentimes it's all an attempt to sort of bridge the gap between who we are and who God is in in a sense sort of a cosmic sense this is picture of of the scales and you know if I can do enough good and it outweighs the bad then i, I I can bridge that gap. God will accept me. But the problem with that is that's all from our perspective. We tend to minimize who we are and who God is. And the fact of the matter is is really what we should do is we should hear God speak to the gap between us and Him. And, and we get that from the scriptures of a, a king named Solomon. 1000 BC, in a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, he, he, he says this, there's not one totally good person on earth, not one who is truly pure. What Solomon is saying in all his wisdom is that, you know, the person you respect the most, the person you would say, man, that that is someone who really is living a good life. Even that person is not completely Pure. Another guy named Isaiah, there's a book in the Bible uh, by Isaiah. He was a prophet in 700 BC. Uh, he said, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. What Isaiah is saying here is, is that the stuff that we think bridges the gap, the, our attempts at good, really, when you compare them to the goodness of God, they're, they're, like, they're, they're greasy, they're grimy, they're, 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 they're dirty. They, they just, they aren't pure in God's sight. And then at the turn of the millennium, a guy named Paul, who was actually an adversary of God, who had an incredible encounter with Jesus, he he said, in, in writing a letter to a church in Rome, he said, everyone is sinful and falls short of God's glory. And there it is. You can hear the thud. We fall short. We swing hard. We lean in. We try and bridge the gap. And what God is trying to communicate to us is that in all our efforts... We fall short. And the reality of it is, is, that not only do we make mistakes, not only do we offend others and offend God, but our sinfulness, it comes with consequences. Our sin comes with these consequences of, 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 of death. And that sounds harsh. And I mean, condemnation and judgment are not necessarily popular sort of ideas in our culture today. But think of it this way. You know when when, uh, someone offends you or hurts you, uh, does something that just uh, rubs you the wrong way, something rises, maybe they stole something from you, there's a sense of injustice that you feel. You want that wrong made right. They need to apologize for what they said or did to you. You know what it feels like to be wronged. But the human condition is that when we wrong others, when we hurt others, we devalue, we demean. Oftentimes, we minimize the pain we've caused to others. And we say things like, it's not that big a deal, get over it. I mean, come on, it was so long ago. And we, we have a sense, when well, we're wronged, we have a sense of that needs to be made right. But when we hurt others, somehow it's not that important. that's not that big of a priority. Well, if you look at it from our relationship with God, the wrongs that are committed against him, he, he's saying these wrongs need to be made Right? And this is why on Easter we celebrate. This is why Holy Week is such a big deal to us. Because God didn't just wag the finger and condemn us. God did a radical thing. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. He, in effect, he moved the pool He made it possible for us to get from here to there through his son, Jesus Christ. This is how Paul puts it. Again, in a letter to one of his friends named Timothy, he says, there is one God and one go-between between between God and people. It's Jesus the Messiah who paid the ransom price for our sin. The go-between between where we are and where God is, is Christ. This is how he did it. God sent his son and he lived a sinless, perfect life. And on Good Friday, the day we celebrate Christ's death, which sounds like a completely strange thing, to celebrate someone's death and call the day they died good. The reason we do is because on that day, Jesus took all of our sinfulness upon himself. He took the curse of sin. He took the penalty for our sinfulness upon himself so that anyone who would receive his death as their death, I mean, would, would say, yeah, the, the death that Christ paid on the cross, I want that for my, I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, and I want, I want that debt paid. That, that's what Jesus is doing for us. That's why God sent his son, to, to reconcile us to the Father. And when we're united with him, an incredible thing happens. His death, Jesus' body was taken from the cross after he died, and he was put into the tomb. Now, the consequences for sin is death, but Jesus never died. So on the third day, what happened is death died. Jesus Christ conquered death. So not only can we be forgiven for our sinfulness, our shame, and our guilt can be released, not only does that happen, we get new life in Christ, and we overcome the tomb. We overcome the grave. Yes, there is a first death. It's called the sting of death, and it hurts, When you lose someone you love, it hurts. The pain of the second death is much more intense. It's a spiritual death. And for anyone who's in Christ, that penalty is paid so that when you go through the pain of the first death, you do not have to fear the pain of any second death. Paul, again, captures this very well. He's writing to a church in in Greece. He says, anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone and a new life begins. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him. God bridged the gap through his son, Jesus Christ. He made it possible for our sin to be forgiven. He made it possible for a new life in him. It is not some new life that starts down the road. It begins the moment you start walking with him. And it's at this point I want to say to you, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you would not self-describe yourself as someone who's following after Jesus, can I just apologize for the blunders, for the mistakes that we have made in our attempts in following after Jesus? We've not done it perfectly, but we're on this journey and we're trying to align our lives with Christ because he lived a beautiful life. Giving your life to Christ is not just sort of checking the box so that I got some kind of insurance for down the road. It's about living a new life. And and we're, we're attempting to do that. So forgive us for the missteps along the way, but we're saying to you today on this Easter weekend, join us. Experience the gift of life that's in Christ. And this is what it looks like. God adopts you as his son or daughter. Your family, you go from the courtroom to the living room. You're free and forgiven by Jesus' death. Jesus defeated death, so you don't have to fear it. You do not have to fear death. You get to have God's spirit inside you. You get a real relationship with God. You get to talk to him. You get to hear from him, really. And then there's a greater purpose for your life. And yes, you can be certain of a future in heaven. That is a reality in Christ. And all that has been made available because of an empty cross and an empty tomb. Death has died, and there is a birth of new life. So here's what I want us to do today. We have to respond to this this Easter story. And here's how we're gonna do it today. On the right end of each row, there should be a stack of cards. Looks somewhat like this. If you're sitting on that that right-hand side, there should be a card that looks like this. And if you're on that right-hand side... Um, that, that stack may be gone because, because you're the last service. Sorry about that. Uh, but there's probably a sermon notepad somewhere in there. You could take just a piece of paper off of that. Uh, and I, I'd love it for all of us to respond because there is a way for all of us to respond. And, um, and, and here's what we're going to do. is uh, And by the way, if, you've got, if we have extras of these cards. You know, sharing is caring, so you can kind of pass them around, uh, people outside your row. Um, and, and here's how you can respond on this Easter weekend. There's four boxes, and the first box is simply this. You say, today I'm becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Perhaps today, it's sort of you know, some clarity on the gap between you and God. You've been trying hard to bridge that gap on your own, and today somehow it just, it just made sense to you that, that Jesus Christ is the only one. It's his death, his resurrection that's made this possible, and you want to begin a relationship with God. Uh, you could check that box, Or the second box is, I have questions about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Contact me, and if you can put your name and either your address or email, some way to get a hold of you. And when you check that box, I have questions, let me just say to you this. Jesus Christ is not afraid to be investigated. In fact, he encourages it. And maybe for you, uh, a correct response would be, I just want to begin the investigation. I got questions. And you know what? Bring them because God He loves to answer those questions. So check that box. Or maybe this is like your second Easter as a Christ follower, your 10th Easter, your 20th Easter. You can check that third box. that says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. The fourth box says, I have no interest in becoming a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, dude in the khakis, get off the platform, bring the band back up. You're killing me. All right? Check that box and say, I'm not interested. Just be honest in your reply. Because wherever you land on this, you need to respond, because God has taken extraordinary measures to make it possible for you to have the life he dreamed of you living. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some time to think about what box you want to check, or what you want to write in your piece of paper if you don't have one of these cards, and, and, and the team is going to come, and they're going to lead us in a song. There's going to be a, uh, just some time for us to reflect. And at the end of the song, I'm going to invite ushers, and we're all just going to put our card in the basket. It's our way of responding on this, on this Easter. Um, and, and before the band comes, I, I want to I just lead us in a prayer. Maybe you're here today, and you just, you know, how do I start this, this new friendship with God? I'm going to lead you in a prayer the, the words are not magical. They're just words to sort of prompt a conversation between you and God. So put these words in, into your own words as you sincerely approach them. So let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. I'll lead you in a prayer. And you could start by saying something like this. Jesus, I, I do believe, today I believe that you are God's son. And I understand that there is a gap between who I am And who you are. And today I recognize that I can't bridge that gap on my own. I need help. I need you, Jesus. So I come to you today and I confess, I admit, just being real in the fact that I've made mistakes. I've hurt people, I've hurt myself. I've even hurt you, God. Would you forgive me? Would you remove the guilt that I'm carrying today? Would you remove the the heaviness of shame? Would you give me that fresh start? And would you empower me to live a new life, different life? to bring new people around me that could help me in that journey. Thanks, Jesus. It's in your name I pray this. Amen.